0: Wednesday, March 29th, around 1.30. I am joined by Ed Williams. And We haven't done a podcast, really, talking specifically about the incredible run that the Virginia Tech women's basketball team has been on. It has been nothing short of incredible. The Virginia Tech women's basketball team is in the final four. A thing many thought nobody would ever say about either basketball team. Unbelievable. What a time to be alive. It's such an incredible time. I even wrote a haiku. I wrote a hokey haiku. Queens of Castle first. Queens of the final four now. What a time it is. I did kind of mail it in on the last one. I forgot the last one. I saved it to the buzzer. I, Ed saw me counting away. Um, but we finally got there. Man, Ed, how are
1: you doing, brother? Good, man. This has been so fun. Um... I just can't stop thinking about how awesome the Final Four banner is going to look hanging in Castle next year. Obviously, you know, there's still more work to be done and there's higher goals and there's a bigger banner that we all want. But the Final Four banner is going to look pretty sweet hanging in Castle next year. Uh,
0: so when you mentioned that to me, uh, I think I think you mentioned that to me like around halftime or like before the game started uh, for the Elite Eight. And it just, it just never at any point crossed my mind. I don't think it really crossed any Virginia Tech fans' minds because we were kind of just lost in it. And, you know, I did the token Michael Scott crying face meme um, on a Final Four banner is going up in Castle Coliseum. That is something to it, – it's it's unbelievable. I don't care what I'm doing that day. Got to find a way to get down there and watch that get hung up. Um, so I guess the best way to do this is we're just going to recap everything that's happened uh, up until this point, because we haven't talked about it. We'll go into further detail later. But on March 17th, which feels like eons ago, Virginia Tech beat Chattanooga in Castle Coliseum, 58-33. to On March 19th, we beat South Dakota State, 72-60, to in Castle Coliseum. And then we played Tennessee again. Second time this year, a legendary program Uh, We won that game 73-64. to We never trailed that game. Uh, Ed, what did you see out of that game?
1: Honestly, outside of a five-minute stretch in the second half, Virginia Tech kind of dominated that game, which was, I guess, somewhat surprising, but maybe shouldn't have been. Um, Because when you look back at Tennessee and what they had done kind of in the second half of the season, particularly after we beat them early in the year, um, they had really only lost to, you know, the LSUs, the UCons, and the South Carolinas of the world. Um, I guess that was kind of just on me for not viewing us in that same light that we very much are in. Um, But we dominated that game, you know, pretty much the whole way throughout the first half for sure. Even without Liz, you know, Liz got in foul trouble in the second quarter. I thought our ability to handle that um, and score the basketball at a rate high enough that coach Brooks could keep Liz on the bench was huge. Um, He did not want to have to bring her back in there and risk getting a third foul in in the first half. So, that little stretch in the second half of the second quarter where we were able to keep things afloat, uh, particularly due to Georgia playing amazing. Um, but that that little stretch and then the five minute stretch where Tennessee really kind of fought and clawed their way back into it. And then Virginia Tech was able to settle down and pull back away and um, win and cover. So great teams cover. Uh, it was, it was a pretty awesome game and shows you how dominant this team really is because Tennessee had, you know, had their way with people in the second half of the season.
0: And then moving past that, Virginia Tech
1: beat Ohio State, avoided UConn,
0: or did UConn avoid us?
1: Who knows? But I, I really wanted to play UConn just because I thought that would have been a really cool pro- moment in the program, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with Ohio State, Virginia, especially how it went. Virginia, T- Virginia Tech beats
0: Ohio State, the third-seeded team in the region, in Seattle, 84-74, to and you mentioned we had a five-minute stretch into a uh, Tennessee game. I think that was crucially important because there was no um, – Mincing of adversity in this game. Ohio State came out shooting, I believe they were shooting like 45% from three, 58% from the field. If you watch the first five minutes of that game, you're thinking to yourself, they're going to be 150 points scored in this basketball game. Um, you know, scored in the first half of this basketball game. Um, it came up right to around 100. It was the first time Tech trailed the entire tournament. And then the real moment where you're like, oh, man, why can't we have nice things? Georgia Amore takes a shot on the chin, and the camera pans to her being dragged off. Very reminiscent of Paul Pierce in the 2008 finals. Arms around two assistants being dragged off. You're saying, oh, no, Georgia Amor is in concussion protocol. We don't have a point guard. We're so screwed. Uh, if you if you weren't thinking that, you're lying or you're on staff or you're on the team. That is absolutely what everyone's thinking. She's gone for 90 seconds. Camera pans the bench. You're like, whoa, she's back on the bench. That's good news. She must have done the eye test. No, she's giving the thumbs up to go back in the basketball game. She goes back in the basketball game. And you're like, all right, all right. She's probably feeling a little woozy. Maybe a couple passes. Nope. Dribble right up to the three-point line. Whoosh, knocks down a three, and we're off and running. What an incredible, incredible game by Georgia Amore. And one more thing that was funny is if you watch this game, especially in the first half, you say, okay, they're triple teaming Liz. They're giving Liz a little bit of trouble. Liz has kind of been you know, a little bit of a non-factor. She hasn't done great. You look at the box score at the end of the game. She finishes with 25 and 12 with three blocks. Um, Ohio State definitely made her a focal point. Ohio State was double teaming her, triple teaming her, doing everything they could to make her have to find a way to pass it or do anything other than score. And until the fourth quarter, which Liz dominated in the fourth quarter and really kind of got us across the finish line, um, Ohio State did a pretty damn good job. But there is an X factor, an X factor. To this basketball team, who last year, when Tech fell short in the ACC championship and fell short in March Madness, was injured. Ed, tell us about our X factor who got us uh who helped us out in the first half.
1: Yeah, Kayla King, man, she was phenomenal um against Ohio State. You know, she played good the entire tournament to this point and we're going to need more of her moving forward. Um I think she's kind of a slept on piece of this team probably from other coaches around the around the league and around the country and from the fan base perspective, but she plays phenomenal defense. She did a really good job guarding, uh, I believe her name is Taylor. Her last name was Mike Sell. I believe her first name was Taylor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was like five of five from three in the first half and was just knocking down everything she took. And Kayla and Kayana Trailer did a really good job eliminating her in, this, in the second half. But also, Kayla King can shoot the ball. And I feel like there's a lot of times where she's pretty passive and you know doesn't look for her shot. And I think she made a very clear effort maybe – you know, from the guidance of the coaching staff to look for her shot early and often against Ohio state. And she did that and she had 12 points, quick three, three threes and then a foul on a three pointer where she made all three free throws. So Kayla King was awesome against Ohio state. And we're going to need more of that as we get into the final four.
0: Yeah. Kayla King, 12 points again. Awesome. Awesome defense. Um, and it's kind of been whether is its is it going to be Kayla King this night, is it going to be Taylor Soul this night, or is it going to be Kayana Trailer the next night? Um, because yeah, Liz all three. and Georgia basically, or all three, because Liz and Georgia are good to give you just around fifty combined points. They had forty nine against Ohio State, um, and they did get some recognition, much well deserved recognition. Georgia Amor was the most outstanding player of the Seattle region. She scored fifty three points in two games. She has also made 23 pointers in the tournament. The tournament record is 22. And this is not a slight. This is not me saying that I don't like Caitlin Clark. A lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are doing that. I am simply pointing out the fact that if you just watch television and you are not a fan of any team, you would think that Caitlin Clark walks on water and shoots three pointers um, while she's asleep. Caitlin Clark has 19 Uh, she is amazing she has 19 Georgia has 20 Um, but I got to tell you from a national perspective there has been so much attention and so much uh, rightfully so good reporting going on in this tournament there are so many interesting players in it there are so many good teams there are so many good storylines you look outside of just Virginia Tech Ed you were talking about how many good junior guards there are just in the NCAA right now
1: yeah well, first, I'm gonna go back to your Caitlin Clark piece because uh, <laughs> no, it's
0: not my Caitlin Clark piece. I, okay,
1: okay. I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna build off of your walking on water comment okay. because okay. if anybody watched the Iowa Louisville Elite eight game that was the other elite game elite eight game going on in Seattle. I know our girls team was there watching that game. Um Caitlin Clark walked on water against Louisville. It was mm. unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. 41, 10, and 12 against Louisville. (laughs) I think she had six or seven threes. It was absolutely ridiculous. So, Caitlin Clark versus South Carolina, Iowa versus South Carolina in the other Final Four game uh, is is appointment TV. I encourage everyone to watch that game. It's going to be, you know, best player versus best team probably in the whole country. So, that's going to be cool. But, yeah, my junior guards thing, I was sitting there watching that Louisville-Iowa game, and I'm like, all right, Haley Van Lith versus Caitlin Clark. Like, this should be really fun. And I'm like, wait, they're both juniors. And then I'm like, wait, Georgia's a junior. That's three really, really good guards in women's basketball who are all coming back next year, They're their junior year. And I'm like, oh, wait, Paige Beckers hasn't played all year. She's also a junior, the point guard for UConn, who's one of the best players in the country when healthy. So the junior guards in the, in the NCAA women's basketball tournament uh, are absolutely ridiculous. It's going to be really fun to watch the four of them, Georgia, Caitlin, uh, Haley Van Leth, and Paige Beckers next year because they're all on, you know, elite, elite teams as well.
0: And uh, rounding out the all tournament team, Elizabeth Kitley also made it um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal tournament um, from everybody. But I wanted to talk a little bit about to this point what we have accomplished. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about what this team has accomplished this year. Back to talk about the amazing accomplishments of this team so far. Number one. Virginia Tech has not lost a non-conference game yet. That is not just a testament to how good Tech is. That is a testament to how good the ACC is. The ACC has been top to bottom incredible. The run that Louisville went on. Notre Dame would have made a lot more noise if they didn't have injury troubles. Duke being incredible. It's a really amazing, amazing conference. and Miami. Miami, it's a huge reason why we were able to be successful is because we were going through all those trials, those tribulations against some of the best teams in the country, some of the best coach teams in the country. Um, But we haven't lost an out-of-conference game, Nebraska, Tennessee, twice, Kentucky, Ohio state. Um, It's just been unbelievable. An ACC championship, which has been talked about ad nauseum. This basketball team has won 31 games. That is the most ever in program history, 31 wins in those 31 wins. They've won 15 games in a row since we lost that game to Duke on January 26th. Yes, January 26th. Remember when the sun was setting at like 4 o'clock and it was 2023 and you were still writing 2022 on your uh, TPS reports at work? Yeah, we haven't lost a game since that point, January 26th. And we hosted a regional, which, Ed, you had the opportunity to go to I just want we haven't talked about it yet. What was the environment like? Everything that I heard was it was basically like a football game. It felt like a football game on campus.
1: Yeah, it was one of the cooler sporting events I've ever been to in Blacksburg. Um and that's up there with, you know, every football game, every men's game I've ever been to basketball-wise. It was really really cool. Um I had to park all the way over by, you know, I guess that's where the band practices that turf field way up there. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it was just over by that, the German club. Over by the German club, and it's just people you know walking around, decked out in hokey gear, um, just fired up, and it, it was the, the buzz was very similar to that of a football game. Um, obviously, you know, less people. There's not sixty thousand. There's ten, but um, it it was awesome, man. Like that castle was slammed um, way before tip off. The introductions are really cool, and be, and everyone's seen the clips, obviously. Of um. The castle guard, and then everybody else following, doing "Understand Man" acapella because they weren't allowed to play it over the loudspeakers. So, uh, just some really cool stuff. Moments, you know, where you kind of get goosebumps, like, "Wow, this is like this is a legit thing," and this place is slammed. And I don't know if Chattanooga can handle this, Um, but it was it was very very cool and something that I hope we make a tradition in the Virginia Tech women's basketball world is you know hosting those year in and year out because it was a very very fun event to go to.
0: I want to have. I don't want to depart from reality. I want to have a conversation rooted in reality. But we're going to say some things that people may not have even thought were possible. Is this the best team since 1999? It is by far the most dominant team of and look, I've done my I wouldn't call myself a bandwagon because I've been on the Kenny Brooks train for some time. We've been following this team very closely since the beginning of the year. But Last year with baseball, you jump on, you have an amazing time. They get hot towards the end of the season. The run that they've been on, how likable this team is, how they have been taking some really national powerhouse teams to the woodshed and are now sitting there in the final four. I can't think of another Virginia Tech team that has been this fun to watch in my entire time following the school.
1: Well, it's it's kind of a pretty simple conversation. You take – has there been a Virginia Tech team since 99 that has finished in the top four of their respective sport? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, and not—and I guarantee not in the fashion that this team has done it with the 15 straight wins in the ACC championship and now they're in the final four. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably one of, if not the best teams in the history of the school across all athletics. So uh, it, it's pretty cool that, that we're getting to watch this uh, very closely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Has there been another team that finished in the top four of their respective sport and have they done it in the dominant fashion that this team has with the ACC championship on the way? Um, I don't know the answer to that conversation. There very well could be my Virginia tech lineage is not anywhere near far back as (laughs) FN's, but, um, you know, off the top of my head, no. So I, I, I'd say it's, it's definitely in the conversation. This team is definitely in that conversation.
0: I got to tell you, this team is positioning itself to have two players, with their number retired. Coach Brooks has done a master class. He didn't win Coach of the Year in the ACC, but he's a finalist for Coach of the Year in the country. Um, it is actually unbelievable what what we have been watching. Um, and there is no parallel. There's nothing to draw it draw it to. And it's the fact that, like, the weird thing about March Madness, and you're always kind of viewing it like, you know, you pick a team and then they lose and you pick another team. The fact that you're riding with one team this month feels like a year. It feels like we've been going through this for so, so, so long. Um, and I don't know how we're going to wake it till it's Wednesday at like at like two o'clock. Friday feels like forever um, from now. But I think the, the, the one thing that I can say, I can say a lot about these teams, but the two things that really stand out. All of the personalities are extremely, extremely likable. There is not a single thing that you cannot like about this basketball team. And the second thing is, Coach Brooks talked about this last year going into this season, and he uh, spoke about it again. They have such a fun brand of basketball to watch. And that's not just tech, though. And I think that's the reason why, you know, Ramona Shelbourne, um, was it Ramona Shelbourne, who interviewed uh, Coach Brooks at the end of the game? Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe. Holly Rome, uh tweeted about it the other day. It was the most watched. It, it, it had more views. The, the Elite Eight games had more views than any of the NBA games that were streamed on ESPN. It had more people in the stadium ever in the history of the Elite Eight for women's basketball. And again, it kind of just speaks to how much of an interesting brand Coach Brooks and some of these other teams play. So I can't, I can't say enough positive things. I can't wait for it. As we transition into looking forward, we play LSU, Coach Mulkey, and the LSU Tigers on Friday. Any thoughts on that basketball game? The one thing that I will say is all of the teams have been really, really, really good. Um, all of these teams right now are really, really, really good.
1: I, I, uh, Angel Reese is really scary. <laughs> yeah. She if is. you've watched any, any of Angel Reese all year, um, I mean, she's averaging 23 and 16. I don't really know how, what else to say about Angel Reese other than that. She's she's ridiculous. I mean, she's the best player we'll have played all year. Um, I think we can handle it. I think the likes of Taylor Soule and Liz Kitley, you know, they have to stay out of foul trouble. But um, Angel Reese is is absolutely ridiculous. That's kind of the only thing I really know about them at for a fact is that Kim Mulkey's a great coach and Angel Reese is a ridiculously good basketball player. Um, But, but yeah, man, I I think it's, I think it's definitely, it's definitely a game we can win. Um, I I like our chances, especially if, you know, George is playing well and, you know, Kayana trailer and Kayla King step up and contribute on the offensive end. Uh, When those two in particular involved, heavily involved, um, we're, we're a very, very good team. It's going to be really hard to beat for anybody. Um, And that includes, you know, the other other two teams on the other side of this final four, you know, if, if all six, uh, of our players are are clicking, you know we're we're really really hard to beat, um, but you know the LSU is a one man wrecking crew with Angel Reese. Like she played Hawaii in their second round, no first round game, and she had thirty four and fifteen. She then played Michigan and had twenty five and twenty four. Then she had an off night against Utah where she had seventeen and twelve, and then against Miami she had thirteen and eighteen with four assists, three steals, and two blocks. So. Um, she's an absolute handful. We have the athletes to deal with it. I hope, I hope we're able to stay out of foul trouble early and, um, it should be a really, really fun game to watch on Friday night. Um, and this is not
0: just because of how good South Carolina is. It's more so it's some of that, but it's also more so it would be so fun to watch George Moore and Caitlin Clark play against each other. I do encourage anyone who's just, who, who, whether you're just watching because you love Virginia Tech. Or this is the first time you're tuning in, I do suggest you stick around and watch yeah. Caitlin Clark take on South Carolina. South Carolina has yet to lose this entire season. They are have have looked like the best they are right now what UConn was five or six years ago. Um they're just phenomenal. And it's pretty much going to be um it's gonna be like those LeBron Cav teams from like the early two thousands going against, uh, like, the Spurs. that That's essentially that's essentially what you're looking like, and I wouldn't put it past Caitlin Clark to be able to put up in a, a pretty incredible fight. So I do encourage you all to tune in to both games, but um, also, take a second, sniff the roses, as Coach Brooks has said over and over and over again. Like, this is a really, really special thing, something that's going to be talked about for a long, long time, um, hung up in Hokey lore forever. So it has been an incredible, incredible time, an incredible, incredible ride, and um can't wait to see how the story ends. So again, Friday, seven o'clock. Ed, are we gonna do, should we do some sort of watch uh bar thing in um in
1: the Arlington area? We should. We should do that. Let's let's uh we'll put something out on Twitter.
0: Yeah, we'll put something out on Twitter. We'll go somewhere and watch it. Um, but uh yeah, hoping to see everybody again. What an incredible, incredible year. Oh, we have one letter from Lunch Uh two. Actually, no. We have some of notes. Ed, can you hit
1: us with your with your of notes, please? Yeah, just really quickly to touch on the men's side of things. Um,
0: oh! Oh! What? The men's basketball team. What's going on with the yeah, men's that, basketball that, team?
1: Yeah, that team that also exists. Makai um, <laughs> Long just transferred in from ODU, uh, a player that the coaching staff has liked for a really long time. He led the Sun Belt last year in double-doubles, seven, kind of 3-4 hybrid type guy. He averaged 10.7 and 8.7 rebounds last year for ODU. Um, Shoots the ball at a pretty decent clip from three-point range as well. So I'd have to think that that is part of the plan to replace Justin Mutz's production uh, as Makai Long coming in from ODU. So just quickly wanted to touch on that. Um, But then, yeah, go ahead, Billy. We have this letter from the Lunch bell.
0: I'll also say this. Uh, Justin Mutz playing one more collegiate game. He did make the senior – I think it's like the Reese's Senior Bowl, but for basketball. Yeah, he gets Um, the best of luck
1: again, as if they haven't played each
0: other. (laughs) Um, So best of luck to him. One letter for the lunch bail. Matt P. Women going to win the chip. Championship emoji, hokey emoji. But I have a question. Do you believe there is a down year in the program next year with no kitley, kind of like the men's team without a luma? Would love to hear your thoughts and go. Hokies. Normally I would have skipped over this one um, with the game still going on, but here, here are my thoughts. One, number one, and this is for all you aggregators out there, this is zero inside information, none, not any whatsoever. I have no idea what Liz is going to do next year at all. I have no clue what she's going to do. So there is that side of the argument. Second side of the argument, I think that the women's team is in a very different position than the men's team was when they lost uh, Keve Aluma in that One, there's a Georgia Amor who's coming back next year. Two, there is, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go into the portal because I like Coach Young's system and, you know, maybe that'll help me out. It's, I want to go into the portal and I want to compete for a championship and I can do that at Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech's proven over and over and over again on the women's basketball side and the men's basketball side their ability to evaluate talent and fit it into, um, the needs that they have. Uh, look across this team right now with, you know, three I- extremely important players having been added in the last 18 to 24 months, De'Age Gregg, Taylor Soul, and Kayana trailer. They've all been huge. So I, I see no reason why we wouldn't believe that Coach Brooks uh, wouldn't be able to fill those holes. So I guess it really comes down to what your definition of a down year is. I don't want to put a lid on it. I have no idea what the roster looks like, but before that question is even able to be asked, you have to know what Liz Kitley's going to do. And to be honest, she probably hasn't really thought about it. She's, yeah, I, I have actually one more thing.
1: Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead. I, was just I can't imagine she's given it much thought considering, you know, she's too busy flying from Blacksburg to Seattle, Seattle to Dallas, jet setting across mm. the country, taking people's butts. So I don't think she's yeah. given a lot of thought yet. Um, but to add to what you said, yeah, Coach Brooks has a proven track record of doing really, really well in the transfer portal. And girls mm-hmm. coming here and upping their game as a result of coming here and playing for him in this system. Um, you mentioned also Georgia, you know, one of the best players in the country as well coming back for sure. So, it, yeah, I agree. It depends what your definition of a down year is. I don't really want to compare it to a Luma. Um, and I also know that, you know, the players and the staff around the women's program are pretty high on some of the freshmen who we haven't had a good chance to see yet. So um, you'd I'm have about to say Carly Wenzel, yeah. You'd have to think some of those freshmen who – Uh, More or less redshirt of the year will have an impact next year as well as any potential transfer portal people you bring in Uh, and a very good recruiting class coming in as well. But yeah, I was waiting for you you to get said too. Coach Brooks has built this program in a very sustainable way. I'll say that. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Last thing I'll say, and we were talking about this earlier. I think one of the funniest things about following the women's team. So they'll win a game. And, like, just setting records, doing everything, marching the Final Four. And all of their Instagram stories in the morning are not, like, prep meetings, are not, like, you know, getting ready for the game. It's like, oh, Liz Kitley, before she dropped 33 points, had 12 rebounds and four blocks. She was at a coffee shop in Seattle reading a book next to a fern. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you know, the, uh, the morning before, Georgia Amor was enjoying some acai bowls by the river in Seattle before she she had 10 three pointers against Ohio State. So it's just been kind of funny to watch how much freedom and how much fun they're all having on this trip and also getting the job done as well. Yep. So that's a podcast. Um, again, we will tweet out some. Watch party details for you all. Uh, go Hokies. Soak it in. It's awesome. And um, beat LSU. Friday, 7 o'clock.
2: It's time to wander. Tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows. Drink till we can't stand. by I saw you. Like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I just what you're thinking Please don't just let it sink Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to